Friends, I'm so glad that we get together in this place and through technology and the interwebs together today as we continue this sermon series on soul. Last week, we declared that we're not done, that we still have work to do, that God has called us to more in our lives, and that because of that, we're going to live. We're not just going to sit as bumps on a log. Amen? Oh, you can do better than that. Amen? Come on, are you going to live? We're not going to sit as bumps on a log, but we're going to live the life, the precious gift of life that God has given us. So today we're going to look at the spark. The movie Soul, Disney Pixar's Soul, starts with a quote that says, What is it? that makes you, you. What is it that makes you, you? What is it that makes you different from somebody else? And spoiler alert, it's not how you look. It's not where you grew up. It's not the color of your skin or the socioeconomic bracket you're in. It's not your marital status or whether you have no kids or eight kids. It's none of that. But it is your soul that makes you, you. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, beginning in verse 6, the Apostle Paul is teaching to the Corinthian church. Remember that he is reminding the Corinthian church who they are and whose they are. He is reminding the people in Corinth what it is that makes them the Corinthians. He is teaching us about what it means to follow Jesus and how we are to live a new life because we are followers of the Most High God. In chapter 5, verse 6, in Eugene Peterson's translation of the message, it reads like this. That's why we live with such good cheer. You won't see us drooping our heads or dragging our feet. Cramped conditions here don't get us down. They only remind us of the spacious living conditions ahead. It's what we trust in, but don't yet see that keeps us going. Do you suppose a few ruts in the road or rocks in the path are going to stop us? When the time comes, we'll be plenty ready to exchange exile for homecoming. Exile nor homecoming is the main thing. Cheerfully pleasing God is the main thing, and that's what we aim to do regardless of our conditions. Sooner or later, we'll all have to face God, regardless of our conditions. Sooner or later, we'll all have to face God, regardless of our conditions. We will appear before Christ, 
and take what's coming to us as a result of our actions, either good or bad. And then in the 14th chapter, verse, Christ's love has moved me to such extremes. His love has the first and the last word in everything we do. Our firm decision is to work from this focused center. One man died for everyone. That puts everyone in the same boat. He included everyone in his death so that everyone could also be included in his life, a resurrection life, a far better life than people ever lived on their own. Because of this decision, we don't evaluate people by what they have or how they look. We looked at the Messiah that way once and got it all wrong, as you know. We certainly don't look at him that way anymore. Now we look inside, and what we see is that anyone united with the Messiah gets a fresh start, is created new. The old life is gone, and a new life emerges. Just look at it. This is the word of God for God's people today. Let us pray. Lord, here we are to worship. Here we are to bow down. Here we are to say that you are indeed our worthy and our holy God. So fall fresh on us, Holy Spirit. Blow a fresh wind and a fresh fire through this place. Give us a fresh anointing for this time, O God. So that everything that is said and everything that is heard comes straight from you. Hide this, your servant, behind that old rugged cross. And baptize her in the Holy Spirit, O God. So that we might hear a word from you. It is in Jesus Christ's name that we pray. Amen. In the movie Soul, we learn that your spark is your ticket to life. Until you have a spark, you can't have a body. And until you have a body, you can't live on earth. And so a spark becomes an integral part of who you are and a part of your soul. Your spark is not your personality. Your spark is not even your purpose in life. But your spark is the thing that inspires you. It is your passion. It drives you. It gives you a sense of excitement when you wake up in the morning because you might have the opportunity to live into your spark one more time. Unfortunately, the movie shows us what happens to people who forget or neglect their spark. They appear sort of like Stepford wives, just lost in themselves and in the world, just wondering over and over and over again why they even exist. Have you ever seen people without a spark? It's a sad situation. They're like robots 
who just go through the motions simply to survive. But God wants more from life for us. God created us for more than to just put one foot in front of another and go through the motions. God created us for more than just existing and just being rote because that's what we're supposed to do. God created us for more than just dotting the I's and crossing the T's and checking off the to-do's on our to-do list. God created us for more. God created us for life. God created us to live. The Apostle Paul is talking to the church at Corinth. Corinth, remember, the Corinthians are a church that has it all. They're, they're the bougie type in popular vernacular. They have it all together. They have everything that you could need. They have gold and music. They are a wealthy people who are used to telling everybody where to go, what to do, and how to do it. And Paul is reminding them that while it may seem like they are at the top of their game, like they are at the top of living, that if their living is not Christ-led, then it's no living at all. We started in chapter 5, verse 6, but if we go back a little while, we'll see that Paul teaches that it is the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, that whets our appetite by giving us a taste of what's ahead. The Spirit puts a little of heaven in our hearts so that we'll never settle for less. That's why some people that you encounter, they have a little pep in their step and a little glide in their slide. They skip a little down the street instead of just dragging their feet and looking at the ground. They have a little sing-song thing to their voice and everything gets a smile. And they have this, this excitement that makes no sense about life. It's because they know what's ahead. They know the good cheer that it is to follow Jesus. They know what it is to have a spark. To have a passion. To live abundant life. Paul says that's why we live with such good cheer. Do you live with such good cheer? He says, you won't see us drooping our heads or dragging our feet. Cramped conditions here don't get us down. They only remind us of the gift of what's ahead. You see, it's what we trust in, but don't yet see that keeps us going. Little soul 22, she was supposed to get a spark and a life hundreds of years before she did. 
Little Soul 22 had the best of mentors to help her get her spark and find her way. But she refused. She refused because she lived in the before life, the you seminar, in fear. She lived in fear and in doubt of what she could not see. She lived in fear and in doubt because she assumed a truth that was absolutely not true. She stayed in the before life in the youth seminar because it was comfortable. Because she knew what to expect. She knew what was going to happen next. She knew that every week there was going to be a new youth seminar and a new mentor who would drag her around the hall of everything and try to help her find a spark. And quite frankly, she was done with it. She, she, she said, I've had the best of mentors. I've had Mother Teresa who said to me, I love everybody, but I hate you. She had Abe Lincoln. She had so many of the world's best minds, best thinkers, best psychologists and psychologists, best scientists. And she got on each and every one of their nerves because she refused to find her spark. What a sad existence that is. Always living in fear because you can't determine what happens next. Living a life led by anxiety because you can't control everything. Being afraid of a spark and of living life because you don't know what tomorrow brings. What a sad existence that is for people who barricade themselves in homes and away from people because I just don't like them. 22 thought she didn't like pizza because she didn't have any smell ability or taste ability, so she didn't even know what she was missing out on. She didn't know that she could live in good cheer because she could trust the one who made her and trust that life, even in the midst of all of its ups and downs, is a gift that is good. Joe, however, <laughs> Joe, my man Joe, he was living his life. He was living his best life. He had finally, finally, he was going to be able to put his spark to work. He loved jazz. It was the thing that got him moving in the morning. He couldn't even walk down the street without humming a little and scatting a little and playing tunes in his head. He missed out on all kinds of things in life because 
because he was so focused on his spark called jazz. But he was stuck too. He, he was stuck because he thought that he was not living his best life. He thought that he was not living into his spark. He thought that he was not living into his purpose. He thought that he was not living at all. But it turns out that his spark led him to his purpose. And he, don't miss this, he had missed it. He thought his purpose was to play jazz. Turns out, jazz was his spark, but not his purpose. His purpose was to teach middle schoolers and inspire other people that he came in contact with. For those of you who have seen the movie, you've met his former student named Curly. Curly said that Joe was one of, or Mr. Gardner was one of the best jazz musicians on the planet. But then Curly told Joe that the only reason he survived middle school was because Mr. Gardner paid attention to him, saw something in him, and fostered the good in him. You see, Curly loved jazz too, but he didn't know it until he met Mr. Gardner. And Curly had become a jazz musician. And Curly called Joe up one day and said, we need a piano player. You're the best one I've ever seen. Teach, come play. And Joe thought, finally, I'm going to get to live my purpose. I'm going to get to do what I wanted to do my entire life. Except Joe fell in a hole and died. And he met 22. And he accidentally became 22's mentor. And 22, just like before, tried to drive Joe crazy. But the difference here was that Joe loved life. He wanted to get back to his life. And he saw an opportunity to get back to his life by helping 22 find her spark. So he did everything. Everything he could, everything he could, every way he knew how. He showed her the hall of everything that has an example of all the sparks that you can have in life. He took her through the youth seminar and helped her realize that she had been in the youth seminar too long. By accident, 
Joe fell into a cat's body. (laughs) And 22 fell into Joe's body. 22 was forced to live life. And she was forced to live life as Joe. And Joe was forced to live life from a different perspective. And together, they learned a new appreciation for life itself, a new way of living life. They didn't miss the little things like leaves falling out of the sky and the wind blowing. They rekindled a love for pizza. Oh, pizza. For paying attention. Not missing out on the miracle of thread becoming clothing. Of people loving each other. And of living a life that transforms the lives of other people. For 22, it was the smell of air. The taste of pizza sitting on the city block and watching the cars go by. She called it jazzing. And for the first time, she said, It made her want to open up her mind to the possibilities and push back on fear. What's it going to take for you to push past your fear? What is it that will help you live your spark out loud? What is it that will help you get unstuck? So that you can trust what you don't see, so that you can keep on keeping on. And so that you can become a recipient of this fresh start, this new life that we have been promised in Christ Jesus. It's the difference between amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. That's how some of y'all sound singing in church, by the way. I can hear you through the computer screens. (laughs) The difference between just that or knowing that you know what you sing is true. Amazing grace. 
how sweet the sound that saved. Come on and sing with me. A wretch like me. We don't evaluate people by what they have or how they look. We did that with Jesus once and it didn't go well. (laughs) And we certainly don't look at Jesus like that anymore. We made assumptions about who Jesus is and we made assumptions about who people are and we made assumptions about how we ought to live our life. But now we know that life is abundant. Now we know that life is for the living. Now we know that life is for spark and passion. Now we know that life is for loving. Now we know that life is for living. I once was lost. But now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. So what's your spark? What's your passion? What inspires you to abundant life? In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen.